what's up with you? What's going on? Let him know he'll prescribe you a song. Turn the volume up, I suggest you to run this live request. Hey everybody, welcome to another edition of Tawanda's Live Request. I am your host, Tawanda. We have my co-host, Nick. How's it going, Nick? How are you? I'm all right, man. How you doing? I'm all right. My mic is still broken, so that's like a tragedy. I got to fix that at some point. So I got one of those, what you call it, the uh, the Yeti mics, and the back of it broke. So my audio is kind of fucked up. But we're, we're striving. We're making it work. We're here with my uh, my uh, producer, Uche. What's going on, Uche? You holding it down? It was good. was good. Word. And we got a guest in the building. Good dude. Hilarious guy. Give it up for Ron Funches. Yeah, Ron Funches is here. Hello. Hey, man. Thanks for doing the show. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Can I tell you why I wanted to do the podcast? Oh. I didn't know anything about the podcast. Um, I don't know much about you, except for I started following you. I knew you you work with my friend Josh Gondelman, who I like very much. And then I saw... That you were very fashionable, and that you're trying, <laughs> and, and your 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 Avi on the thing. I was like, man, he's really trying hard to bring that fashion game into the comedy, and I respect <laughs> that so much. But even the outfit you're wearing today, look at the court color. <laughs> <Yes. laughs> look at the mix. Look at the mixture. Of the, oh, white, the white trashiness. Exactly. Yeah. The Austin three sixteen with the Bass Pro shots. You feel exactly. I see everything that you're doing, and I yeah. just like I, I I wanted to come by and and, and get see. It. See what was up. Thanks, man. I appreciate that so much. Let's get let's get into it. So, bro, I asked you what's like one of your favorite songs or whatever. And what's one of your favorite songs, man? One of my favorite songs of all time um, is probably. Uh, I mean, I could pick so many. I'm gonna let you choose between a couple because they mean different things in my life. Uh, one of my favorite songs is uh, two of them are by the same person, Bobby Darren. I, well, who, you know, he sang it. Other people sang it. But I love Mac the Knife. I love uh, Beyond the Sea, which was the song that we was from my wedding that I had six, seven months ago. But then Congratulations. also. One of my favorite songs in the world is uh, uh, Synthesizer by Outkast. When I was a kid, it meant a lot to me about uh, just just uh, what's going on in the world and synthetics and and uh, being true to yourself. And I love George Clinton. If it wasn't for George Clinton, I don't know if I'd be a comedian because oh, wow. seeing the Parliament Funkadelics when I was like uh, 19, 20 years old. And I was thinking about doing comedy. And I was really interested in doing comedy. And I went to this concert in Portland at the, uh, I don't even remember, in the ballroom. And uh, it was just three straight hours of just dancing and having the greatest time of my life. And then I saw them like getting on their bus, getting ready. And I'm like, and it just kind of hit me. And I'm like, oh, they're going to do this again tomorrow. I'm going to go work at this fucking bank call center <laughs> that I hate. I gotta figure yeah. this out. We have to play synthesizer. We have to play synthesizer. You gotta play synthesizer because that story is too amazing. Like, damn, I didn't know that George Clinton and Parliament Funk inspired you to comedy like that because yeah. it didn't have full full well uh, three sixty because then um you know I ended up getting act comedic acting voice acting yeah. and then in the Trolls franchise uh, as Cooper and then in the sequel George Clinton is my father. Oh wow, oh. that's dope! Man. It goes all the way. Full circle. That's, that's amazing. Shout out to your journey. 
I hope to replicate that because the um, artist that got me into comedy was Gucci Mane. I, I love Gucci Mane. He's I love my, Gucci. He's one of my biggest influences as well. Oh, where? Yeah, yo, I love yo. That's like, that's my dude. And the reason I got it, because I remember like, I, I wanted to do comedy in college. And I was just like, I tried it once. I got scared because I was worried about embarrassing myself. And then like in college, I used to get real high. And I'd watch the My Kitchen video by Gucci way back. And we had like a million views or whatever. I'd watch it. I'd just get high and I would just laugh at it. Because I was like, this nigga is hilarious. The things he's saying is hilarious. He's just a goofy ass dude. But then I noticed that like, he never stopped and just kept working, kept working, kept working. All my friends were like, yo, he's so bad. I'm like, no, he's not. You don't hear the passion. You don't hear the focus. He's having so much fun. Like, he doesn't have to rap. He could be selling drugs and killing people and still have a good life. You know what I'm saying? No, absolutely. And was, yeah. he, he was just basically a model of consistency, as you said, of putting out albums like just about once a month for a while. Exactly. <laughs> once a month. It was... I remember it was like, which, what do you have? He had uh, the Gangsta Girls tapes. He had Wilt Chamberlain. He had. He does he the uh, Christmas series. Yes, he, he has Christmas. He has Christmas. <laughs> now. He Atlanta has Santa. East Atlanta Santa. That's my shit. I love y'all. Yeah, he has, no. He's very smart, very business minded. And then yeah. just seeing his health journey and him just going from being a straight up, you know, selling drugs and, and drinking a bunch of lean. And then now he's all about health. He has a beautiful wife. He's a power couple. Yep. I think he's one of the best pop stars to have ever lived. And, and, and I I love Gucci, man. That's his, I don't know if you saw, we could talk about it later, but uh. with that thing where I, the, the Outcast Beatles tweet that people saw. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Like, I saw that. I saw that. That's why. Yeah. Oh, because the Outcast Beatles shit, because you was right. Because I don't care about the Beatles. What was, yeah. the, what was the tweet? I, in the tweet, I think it summarized it, which is basically that uh, 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 we can't heal as a society until we finally admit that the out, that outcast is better than the Beatles. <laughs> and it was just something that I uh, um, I personally think that. Uh, I got a lot of, you know, I knew it would happen. People love the white Beatles, especially yeah. white people love the Beatles. My mom loves the Beatles too. So I knew I was stepping into a hornet's nest when I did that. <laughs> uh, but my main point being, because I could have just been like, oh, let's see, you know, people should consider outcasts. Uh, but it, my whole point is like, I just think overall there is still, like, we, you know, we deal with a lot of things. It, when people think about systematic racism, we think about the prejudices, we think about the murders, we think about that. But we don't think about the full kind of like white normalcy that there is yeah. that like these bands we're supposed to know that you're supposed to know the Rolling Stones, you're supposed to know the Beatles, you're supposed to know things, but they don't f- provide the same level of respect to p- like the Isley Brothers, no. to, uh, uh, you know, Earth, Wind and Fire, to, to all Temptations, to Marvin Gaye, to these people that you have to be the utmost talent. Yeah, you have to be the, the greatest. To, as a person of color to, to get a footnote, but you can be a pretty mediocre band and be fully white and people be like, no, we need to talk about them. Oh, we got to talk about to come. Yeah, they, like the fact that, the fact that the Beatles legit thought they were bigger than God. And I'm like, the music is cool, but you're not bigger. Like how arrogant do you got to be? Like, oh, we're bigger than Jesus. Like what, what are you talking about? You're not, you don't have that talent level. Also around that time, Weren't the Ozzy brothers like making music? Yeah. Yeah, they were there. They was like, and you're some, somehow you're better than us. Get the fuck out of here. Also, Chuck, <laughs> like, what the fuck? Like, you, look, look at, listen to Raul Ozzy's voice one time. Look, look what he's doing today. Anyway, yes, right now. 
Mm. No one wants to fuck Paul McCartney. No one wants to fuck Paul McCartney. <laughs> no, that's my whole point. If you wanted a new album right now, if you're like, oh, if I could get a new Beatles, a new Outcast album, we know which one you want. We know you get, and you know, I mean, it's people seeing articles, but boom, Erica Badu over Yoko Ono all day. Exactly, exactly. Also, Erica Badu made artists better. Well, Yoko, on- Yoko Ono, shout out to Yoko, but it's just like after that, it's just like. Niggas weren't better because of you. They're just weirder because of you. <laughs> yeah, Erica Badu did both. Yeah, exactly. Did both that shit. Yo, Common was out here, had the fucking furry kangle and like a raccoon scarf, but he was rapping. Andre <laughs> 3000, fuck Erica Badu, had a flute and a fur coat, but he was <laughs> but he was making music. Like, what the fuck did John Lennon do after that? John Lennon did what? Like, wore circle glasses? <laughs> <laughs> and it was like, oh, let's not go to war. Get the, that's not music, nigga. Get the fuck out of my face. <laughs> yeah, Big Boy owns owls. Yeah, yeah, Big Boy owns owls. He owns bad owls. Also, I saw Big Boy in concert solo one time, and that shit was fucking incredible. No, he's great. He's great. Sleepy Brown came out. I was like, oh my God, this shit was, it was. I feel like Big Boy doesn't get enough credit either. Because he's like, because. Everyone says he's not as unique or eccentric as Andre, but he owns owls. So yes, yeah, I think he that's is. eccentric. No, yeah, that's hell eccentric. He owns owls. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know. I don't even know how to begin to find an owl to own it. That I don't is, know it's, that's, that's like, I mean, that's like he's like watching Inspector Gadget, Doctor <laughs> Like he's just like watching villains on cartoons, being like, yeah, that's the life I need. <laughs> that's the life I need to have for me, bro. Yeah, and then he just did it. That's one thing to think it. It's a whole other thing to get the trainers, the feed. Yeah. <laughs> the owl habitat set up in the crib. <laughs> yes. It's a, it's a commitment. He oh, made it. He made it. Yeah, he really he really did. At, at all, but at the same time, he did that. While, like, every big boy verse has great advice for life. Yeah, for Paul McCartney. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, hey, man, chill. Been watching you do with that girl over there, man. Stop that. <laughs> yeah, he did, yo, he did, yo, I forgot about that. Did the Beatles give the Beatles? Did the Beatles give them advice? No. Mm-mm. The Beatles got mad at Michael Jackson. Like, so fuck them. I agree. I just feel like it's a solid point, and people yeah. need to recognize it. Yeah, fuck the Beatles. Fuck the who? Actually, no, I'll take that back. I like I like I like the Bee Gees though. Yeah, like, the Bee Gees are great. Yeah. Any Australian group, any Australian singers I support. Also, if you're a white male group from like the 70s and 80s, 60s, 70s, and 80s, and you have a saxophone somewhere in the group, I'm gonna like it. <laughs> the police nigga, I was like, oh shit. Who could it, who could it be, nigga? Who could it be? <laughs> There's gonna be some real shit. Who can it be? Yo, white saxophone players, man. That that's dangerous. Yeah, no, they're great. But he's still going strong. Who did pick up the pieces? Who's that? What's that one? You know that one? Do you know that one? Nah. I feel like that's because my sister played saxophone, and I was always like, I wanted her was like, play, pick up the pieces, pick up the pieces. <laughs> I don't feel like that's white. I feel like that's black for sure. It's probably, it, it could be, but it could be some Bobby Caldwell shit where it's like psycho. It was a white guy the whole time. <laughs> I'm going to look it up. Oh, it's, it's literally by a group called Average White Band. Oh, that's, yeah. So that's definitely <laughs> white. white. 
They're yeah, trying to nip that in the bud, like, hey, yeah. we're all hey, average, we're all yeah. white. Please don't get yeah. mad at us. Don't, just, yeah, just because and, we're from listening to us, you might get a different <laughs> yeah. idea. Yeah, because the saxophone, the, the saxophone is probably one of the most powerful instruments for a white man. But they but they haven't t- they haven't tapped into that yet. Look back. So, Every I mean, white- Clinton, Clinton, yeah, Clinton came in hard. Went on a senior hall with sunglasses <laughs> and a saxophone. Everyone was like, "Oh my God, the first black president!" And he was like, "Gotcha, <laughs> niggas, all y'all going to jail." What? Oh, shit. <laughs> but it's the saxophone, though. It's the saxophone. Like, <laughs> you can't you can't do you can't do shit with this. No, yeah, you you believe it? It's funky. A white guy moves into your neighborhood, you're like, oh, neighbor's out. They're like, wait, no, hold up. He can, he can stay. He can stay. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, oh, my God. Is this, this, this is the fucking Starbucks? <laughs> okay, I can, I, can, I, can go, I can go in. I can go in. I'll get a macchiato. I feel safe. The saxophone makes you feel safe. You just yeah, it's like we can coexist. You got exactly. some type of, you maybe you had a black stepfather for a while. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> he was hard on you but you learned <laughs> yeah he was there when you needed him <laughs> yeah, exactly. made you respect your mama that's for sure <laughs> <laughs> he come in the room like boy you better stop all that are you married or you have a relationship? What's going on with you? <laughs> yeah, you're Nick. Me? Yeah. yeah. Oh, no, 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 I'm not. I, I'm I'm single. Why? What happened? You just got a real strong background, Danny. Pictures <laughs> that are hung with care. <laughs> and the landline telephone. That was like, you gotta be. Somebody else must have did this. <laughs> Yeah. The phone is a prop I- from a video, and then these are just drawings and stuff from from life. This is a autographed picture of Jackie Chan that I'm very happy oh, nice. to. Nice. <laughs> That's amazing. Jackie yeah, Chan. Oh my god. So, so sorry to cut you off. I just got caught up talking about Jackie Chan. I started to oh, cut you please. off. Please, let's talk oh. about all the kung fu masters. <laughs> 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 Jackie Chan, I love who. Oh, I forgot who's my boy. My, I gotta look him up. I gotta look up the name of the guy I love, um, and see if you guys are down with this guy. Yeah, uh, I like I like Tony Ja. Tony Ja was I cool. I think that's like, who I was thinking. Yeah, because um, to, Tony Ja just brought kickboxing back, and he was like, he was hurting people. Tony Ja was doing some serious damage. I don't know how they faked any of that shit. He was putting knees to faces, breaking ankles, breaking wrists. Tony Jaw is very dope. I love Tony Jaw. But okay, 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 okay. I found it. I think I found the movie. I I mean it's things called Yip Man. IP oh, Man. IP yeah. Man. That's not that's not that's not who, what's that what's that dude's name? What's that dude's name? Donnie Yen. It looks like yeah. yeah. That's a good series. I it don't is. know if you ever watched I have. like I've been the watching second it. one's not that great, but then it gets real back to good with the third one. Uh, uh, but I love that first one really informed uh, my comedy 
of, of my style because it was like you watch that movie and he was like his whole thing was like he was different from all like he was like the last disciple of Bruce Lee right yeah, that's, yeah. that's a story I think in real life as well as in the movie and then his whole thing was like oh I don't want to start a school I don't want to do tournaments I don't want to he's like I just want to get better yeah. I just want to practice and get better at my skills. That's all I want. And I was like, that's the right mindset when it comes to like art, comedy, anything I want to do. It's not about like, oh, I want to get this. I want to get that. It's like, it's like Miss Reason why I named my podcast. That's like, I just want to get better. I want to continue to focus on it and whatever, hopefully whatever comes from that type of focus makes my life better and uh so i love that movie and i recommend it if people haven't oh, seen it i like yeah i saw i saw it recently i remember i knew it was a good idea because i posted about it on twitter and my twitter cross liked the post so i was like all right i'm doing the right thing so <laughs> uh, that's how i based all my decisions but i watched it and i just remember watching it, it was just like it was a it was an interesting hero's journey because usually you watch like kung fu movies and shit the guy's like solo i have no family i have no nothing this time he's like he had like a wife and a kid yeah, he's, and he's like, I just, like I, a yeah. mine. Yeah, exactly. And he was and he was happy. He's like, you know, I'm just getting better at my craft. I'm doing my thing. But then if you threaten what I love, I will have to defend it. And I was just like, then then you'll see my real skill. And it was just like, it's a very like I've been watching a lot of Jet Li movies too, and every Jet Li movie is like something traumatic happening. Like, oh my god, this prostitute's daughter was kidnapped. I gotta go fight the entire French police force. That's mm-hmm. gonna happen. Versus like, like John Wick. Yeah, exactly. But this is just like, hey, there's a war in my country and I have to fight to save my people. I didn't want to do this, but I got to protect my family. And it's just like, and he comes out more, he comes out like well adjusted. Like, there's no way Jet Li sleeps well at night after this. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, he's done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, most of these movies they gotta think about all oh, the necks they snap that they didn't. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I shouldn't have killed that guy in front of his brother, yeah. dog. I shouldn't have killed him in front of his brother. He was just working in the supermarket. Yeah. He didn't even know what was going on. Yo, Jackie Chan's PTSD must be insane. He can't go. He can't go anywhere. I also kind of, but but Jackie was similar in a way where like most of his stuff was him trying to run away from a fight. Right? I know, like, but like but now, but now he goes to Home Depot just regular. Like, what do you think? How's, how's that going? <laughs> <laughs> you probably could just see see it out like, like yeah. yeah when i play too much assassin's creed or something yeah, I'm yeah like, exactly. oh, i know how to get out of here yeah i can, I can, I can figure out how to fight like, all right worst comes to worst i could jump from that chandelier over there and do this and his wife is like jackie you doing that thing again no yeah. <laughs> everywhere he walks and he's just looking around like all right i'll boost off of there and then flip off of that also, again what a success story jackie chan billionaire jackie chan you think jackie chan is he's got a kind of what's the guy who owns the weather channel uh uh byron, oh, byron allen, allen. Byron allen? be like the chinese byron allen right Except, like yeah. he turned himself into a billionaire he owns so much stuff in china like jackie chan really just became an empire i uh, yeah but he deserved byron, I, I could tell it's gonna happen because when i was younger everyone was always like jackie chan does his own stunts and when I was a kid, I was like, so I thought everybody does that. Then I got older and I realized, like, oh, no, he doesn't have to do any of this. You can get stunt, you can get stuntmen who will work and people, stuntmen will die on movies and the movie will just keep going. So it's just like, it's not like you had to do this at all. But Jack Chan's like, nope, I gonna do everything by myself. And then Tom Cruise now is like, I do my own stunts, too. But his, the way Tom Cruise does it is like mean. 
Stunts are mean. Stunts are mean. Like it's just like, like you know, at, like when Jack Chan is on stunts, it's like, all right, guys, we did it. When when Tom Cruise broke like his foot, I think oh, it is, hell yeah. you know, after that scene was over, somebody got fired. Somebody got fired immediately. Like what? Meanwhile, in Rumble in the Bronx, Jackie Chan like broke his foot. He had a cast on, and they made a rubber like cover that looked like his sneaker. So he could still keep filming with a broken foot <laughs> at a cast on. Oh man, yeah, yeah. Jackie Chan's the best. Jackie Chan over Tom Cruise for sure. Oh, definitely. In a fight, in a fight, I'm choosing Jackie Chan every single yeah. time. And the dinner conversation. Oh, that's all your basin. The Jackie Chan conversation must be fun as shit. Oh yeah, like I remember I saw him in an interview once where he was just like, "What did he say?" He was talking. He was just like. I don't like how when I see people they're like, oh, you're Jackie Chan, and they start doing, they start trying to fight. Like that's not, like you don't see Robert De Niro and start crying. Like, oh, you're Robert De Niro. <laughs>